If you have your Bible today, I'd ask you to turn with me to 2 Timothy 4. We're going to begin with verses 6 through 8, and then we're going to be sort of dropping in on the verses that follow. So if you can, just follow along. We're going to look uh, very carefully at the text today. I want to talk to you about overcoming loneliness uh, today. Loneliness is one of the most miserable feelings that a person can possibly have. Sometimes you might feel like nobody loves me. Sometimes you might feel like, well, nobody even cares if I exist on this planet. You don't have to be alone to feel lonely. You can feel lonely in a great big crowd of people. It's not the number of people around you that determines your loneliness. It's your relationship to those people. In the urban world that we now live in, we have never lived closer to people ever before than we're doing now. And yet, we have never felt farther apart. Can you be beautiful and be lonely? You know, these movie stars uh, commit suicide regularly. Over the years, think back to all, I mean, there's a long, long list of some of the most glitzy, beautiful, uh, high and mighty actors and actresses that take their own life. Can you be married and be lonely? Ask the people who marry because they're lonely, and then about two years later, uh, ask them why they're getting a divorce for the very same reason. Everybody experiences loneliness at one time or another. But there are some distinct causes for it, and there are some distinct cures for it. Sometimes we bring loneliness on ourselves, but at other times we're in situations that are inevitable and uncontrollable that lead us right into the middle of loneliness. That's the condition in which Apostle Paul finds himself in our text this morning. He wrote uh, this second letter to Timothy, probably the last letter that he ever wrote. Paul was a dying old man as he wrote from prison in Rome, alone, to his young friend Timothy, and urged this younger man to come and to visit him because he was very lonely. There are four basic causes of loneliness. They're on the back of your bulletin if you want to kind of follow along. The first cause of loneliness is the transitions of life. Life is obviously full of a lot of transitions. Growing older is a series of changes, and any change can produce loneliness in your life. You're very lonely when you're born. You scream and yell and cry until somebody comes and cuddles you and holds you and tries uh, to let you know of their love. Uh, the first school that you went to, do you remember that? These were a whole set of different faces that you'd never seen before. And, of course, that made you uh, feel very lonely. Getting a job for the first time is lonely. You go into an office, you don't know one person in there. Changing jobs sometimes is very, very lonely. 
retiring makes many of us very lonely. The death of a loved one, of course, is the main cause that makes us feel very, very lonely. Paul is now in the final transition of his life, and he knows that his time is short. That's not a secret to him at all. He's lonely. He said in verse 6, I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. He's saying, in effect, uh, my time's here. It's short, and I know it. I may be martyred to Nero just uh, very, very quickly. If not, then soon I will die from old age. As Paul spends his last days alone, he says, verse 7 and 8, I fought a good fight, finished the course, I have kept the faith, and now there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. The second basic cause of loneliness is separation. When you're isolated, when you're apart from your friends, apart from your family, because of career, maybe it's going into the military, maybe it's going off to college, whatever it is, that obviously causes loneliness in our lives. Paul says to Timothy, do your very best to come to me quickly. Come quickly, if you can, verse 9. Then Paul mentions his best friends. None of them are there with him. He's in a foreign country, in prison, and he says, I miss these people. I really, really miss them. These were his previous traveling companions. Paul was a people person. He loved to be among people. He loved to converse with people. He never went anywhere alone. But now, at the end of his life, he is experiencing great loneliness of separation because his friends are in a distant place. Today, we can all just pick up the phone and call somebody. Even if they're halfway around the world, we can call them. But in those days, you couldn't reach out and touch somebody like that. It took a long time, sometimes months, to get in touch with somebody in a distant place. So Paul was lonesome because he was separated from those that he loved very, very much. Twice in this passage, in verse 9 and in verse 12, he asked Timothy to come. And then he says in verse 21, do your best to get here before winter. Why does he say that? He says that because he's not sure he'll be around through the winter. He knows that his time is short. He really wants to see these fellas, and he says, come back and see me. Who do you need to call this morning that's having this tremendous feeling of loneliness? Who is it that you need to get in touch with? Who do you need to write a letter of appreciation to because they have meant so much to you? during your life. You need to do it now while there's still time. They might not be with us very long. Help someone in the loneliness of separation that's out there in maybe a distant city, a different state. 
Help them to feel your love as you contact them. Bring joy to somebody. Write them, call them, go see them, hug them, whatever it takes. The third basic cause of loneliness is opposition. Paul says, Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm in verse 14. In other words, not only am I getting old, sitting here alone in this prison in Rome, but I've been attacked. We don't know what kind of attack Alexander did to Paul. Maybe he slandered Paul's name. We're, we're not sure. We don't know. Maybe he attacked Paul's reputation. Maybe he was turning people against Paul. To be vigorously opposed creates a truly lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling to be misunderstood, to be embarrassed, to be humiliated. The temptation when this happens is to draw yourself back into a shell and build walls up all around yourself. But in doing that, you only make yourselves more lonely. The fourth basic cause of loneliness is the most serious one the one that causes us the most pain. It's the loneliness of rejection. It's when you feel as though you've been betrayed. You have been forsaken. You have been abandoned in your time of need by those that have been the closest to you. Paul felt that way. He felt deserted. He said when his trial before Nero came up, uh, at my defense, no one came to support me, but everyone deserted me, in verse 16. When things got tough, he said, everybody left me. Nobody spoke in my defense. That's why divorce is so painful today, and that's why God hates adultery. It is a betrayal. It is an unfaithfulness. It is an abandoning. It is a forsaking. And God says that every human being has an emotional need for acceptance and for continuing love. There are good ways and there are self-defeating ways to deal with loneliness. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, one of the self-defeating methods that we use is becoming a workaholic. Well, that's one of the worst things that you can do. Just work, work, work all the time. Eventually, that takes its toll on you, both physically and emotionally. And, of course, that's a very bad thing. Some people try materialism. They buy everything they can. They say in their mind, you know, if I can just get a whole lot of things around me, then everything will be great. Well, obviously, things don't satisfy for very long. You can't purchase happiness. The most devastating form of punishment is solitary confinement because people need people. We need interaction with other folks. We need the acceptance and love that comes from friends and loved ones. Some people have an affair. They look outside of their marriage uh, to end their loneliness. 
Others turn to excessive alcohol or drugs. Still others lose themselves in a fantasy world. They read a lot of those far-out books or they watch a lot of TV. Some people do nothing. They just sit around and hold a pity party for themselves hours upon hours every day. But Paul did four things to combat his loneliness. And they are just as appropriate today as they were way back then when Paul was very lonely. First, the best way to deal with loneliness is to utilize your time wisely. In other words, make the best of a bad situation. Resist the temptation to do nothing. Loneliness has a tendency to paralyze you. And if you just sit around and do nothing, it will paralyze you. If life gives you a lemon, you've heard this, make lemonade. Uh, That's what Paul did. Look at verse 12. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. Bring my scrolls, especially bring my parchments. Verse 13. Paul refused to sit around and mope. He didn't want to do that at any cost. He didn't say, poor me, poor me, poor me. He didn't complain. Often lonely people don't take care of themselves. They don't eat right. They don't get enough exercise. They they don't do the things that will be helpful. They don't take care of their personal needs. Paul says, bring my coat, my books. And I'll capitalize on this lack of interruption. I'll use it for writing and for a study time. Well, uh, that was a great change of gears for Paul because he was an activist. He was a church planner. More than anything else, he wanted to be in the Colosseum, preaching to the great crowds of people. But instead... He was in prison studying, but something God can use for good uh, is loneliness sometimes. If Paul had been in the Colosseum, he'd have been preaching, but we wouldn't have many of the books that are in the New Testament that have reached millions and millions of people down through the years. The second way to deal with loneliness is to minimize the hurt, play down the loneliness, Don't exaggerate it over and over again. I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. Don't allow the loneliness to make you bitter. Don't allow resentment to build up in your life. Paul had a lot of time on his hands, but he didn't have time uh, to become just a resentful person. He knew that resentment only makes you lonelier and builds a wall around your life. It locks you into a self-imposed prison and drives people away because nobody likes to be around a cynic. Nobody wants to be around a bitter person that's always complaining. Paul said, I want to be a better person, not a bitter person. So I'll utilize my time and minimize my hurt. The third way to deal with loneliness 
is to recognize God's presence. Paul said, The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Verse 17. Where is God when you're lonely? You know where he is? He's right beside you. Standing right beside you. God said, I will never leave you. Never will I forsake you. Hebrews 13, 5. There's no place where God is not. He's everywhere at every time. You're never really alone. Prayer is a fantastic tool that you can use to reach out to him in your lonely moments. The fourth way to deal with loneliness is to empathize with other people's needs instead of just focusing inward on yourself and what you want, what you think you need. Focus instead outwardly on other people. Start helping the lonely people that are around all of us every day. That's what Paul did. His his whole life was an ongoing ministry, serving others without focusing on himself. As he said, the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through the message, through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all of the Gentiles might hear it. Verse 17. Paul was lonely, very lonely at the end of his life. And yet he never forgot his lifelong goal to help other people. I'm sure that all of you at one time or another have heard of Corey Timboom, the great missionary. She was young when she fell in love with a man and was head over heels, just infatuated by everything he did, everything he said. She just loved him with all of her heart. Guess what happened? He broke up with her and married one of her very best friends. She was devastated. Nothing hurts more than rejection. When she got home, her dad drew her aside and gave her a very wise word of advice. He said, Corey, your love has been blocked. He's married someone else. Now, there are two things that you can do with that blocked love. You can dam it up inside of yourself, and of course, it'll just eat you up. Or you can rechannel it to someone or something else, and you can focus on other people's needs. You can live a life of love, meeting uh, whatever it is that's bothering that other person. She chose to do that. And as you know, she reached thousands and thousands and thousands of people for Christ as a missionary. Love is the antidote to loneliness. Instead of waiting to be loved, we need to give love. And then love will be given back to us in abundant measure. What does God have to say about your loneliness? The first thing he wants to say is, I understand it. I really understand it. The Son of God knows what it's like to be alone. In Jesus' darkest hour, right before he was crucified on the cross, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And guess what happened? The guys that were with him went to sleep. He felt, of course, very much 
alone. And then the soldiers came and they got him. And they took him off to trial. And guess what happened? All of his disciples turned and either walked or ran away. They, everyone left him. Then the apostle Peter denied him three times. Can you imagine that? His closest friend denies him three times. When Jesus took the sins of the world upon himself on the cross, he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was alone on Calvary's cross. He knows all about loneliness. He can relate to you if that malady is besetting you during these days of your life. Yes, Jesus understands loneliness. He says to you, I understand how you feel. I care about you. I want to help you. Let him help you conquer your loneliness as you turn to him in prayer and reach out to help all of the people that are around you that have tremendous needs. And are very, very lonely. John Todd was born in Vermont in 1801. Shortly afterwards, his family moved to Connecticut. Before John was six years old, he was orphaned. He, his brothers, and his sisters were parceled out among the relatives. John was assigned to a kind-hearted aunt who lived 10 miles away. She became father and mother to the homeless lad and saw him through his school days and then saw him through at Yale and then saw him into his chosen profession. She was praying for him, writing to him, telling him of her love. There came time a few years later when this aunt became seriously ill. She knew that death was close at hand. She was afraid. Obviously, she was lonely because John wasn't there. Her friends had all passed on. She was alone. She was uncertain about the future. In her anxiety, she wrote John a letter. Since he could not be at her bedside at the moment, he wrote her this letter in return. It's now been nearly 35 years since I, a boy of six, was was left quite alone in this world. I have never forgotten the day when I made the long journey to your house. I recall my disappointment when instead of coming for me yourself, you sent your hired man, Caesar, to fetch me. I can still remember my tears. In my anxiety, is perched on your horse and clinging tightly to Caesar, we made our way. I started out for my new home. As we rode along, I became more and more afraid and finally said anxiously to Caesar, do you think she'll still be up when we get to the house? Oh, yes, oh, yes, he said reassuringly. She'll sure stay up for you. When we get out of these woods, you'll see her candle shining brightly in the window. As they came to a clearing, sure enough, there in the distance, there was a candle. It was bright, and she was standing right beside it. When she saw the carriage coming, 
the horse coming. She went outside, and she met them there at the door. She put her arms around the little boy. She lifted him up from the horse. There was a fire on the hearth. There was a warm supper on the stove. John said, after supper, you took me up to bed. You heard my prayers. And then you sat beside me until I dropped off to sleep. You undoubtedly realize why I am recalling all of these past events. Someday soon, God may call for you to take you to your new home. Don't fear the summons. Don't fear the strange journey. Don't fear the messenger of death. At the end of the road, you will find love and a welcome. You will be safe there as you have been here. In God's love and God's care. Surely God can be trusted to be as kind to you as you were to me years ago. You know, God wants to be very, very kind to each one of us. He loves every one of us in the house this morning. And he's praying and hoping that every person in this great room is a child of his. If you're not today, I pray that during our invitation in just a moment, you would slip out and slip forward and take a stand for Christ, trusting him as your Savior. If you've been visiting with us over a period of time, you need a church home. You really do. Uh, There are some things that you can do only as a member of this church. And we want you to be involved. We want you to be a part of this ministry. Please come and join with us and give the spiritual gifts that you have to the Lord Jesus through the church. I pray that you'll do it. I'll be standing down here at the front waiting on you to come. Let's stand together as we sing.